1: Good morning. It is September 1st, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, love yourself first and everything else falls into line. You Really Have to Love Yourself to Get Anything Done in This World by Lucille Ball. So we're skipping teas this week because I'm just teed out. Um, So we're going to go right into some headlines. This comes to us from TravelChannel.com. Let's see. Basically, what show is this for? paranormal caught on camera so i guess this is a new um paranormal show on travel channel and it is on thursday nights uh and it's currently airing uh at 10 p.m i guess um it's kind of hard to tell anyways this looks like a new show on the travel channel so if you're into the paranormal shows and like the ghost catching shows this might be for you So, yeah, basically, it looks like the new episode that is coming up is called Ghost Girl in Chicago Bar and More, which is a weird title for an episode. Uh, But, yeah, check it out if it looks like it's what you're into. Basically, uh, they say a dark entity shows itself to investigators inside one of America's most haunted homes. The ghost of a young girl materializes in an Illinois bar, and a father and son in California film a UFO that appears to be alive. Now, what I like about this, so I remember like when the first ghost kind of catching show uh, came about, right? I was in high school, me and my friends loved it, and it was really, really fun. Now, the problem with these shows is they very rarely actually catch anything. On camera. And, like, I don't slight these shows. Like, they only have access to these locations for, like, one night. Very often, people live in these houses for, like, a year before anything starts to happen. So, I don't begrudge, like, or, you know, I don't fault or discredit any of these things simply because they're not catching it the one, like, 12-hour shift they're there, you know? So, I like that they kind of created a show that was kind of filling the gap of what these other shows were failing to capture. So they're like, okay, okay, we've had like almost two decades of not catching stuff on camera. How about we have a show that's purely dedicated to catching stuff on camera? So I actually think that's pretty neat. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more.
2: Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, September 1st. The waning gibbous moon moves from the cool waters of Pisces to the burning furnaces of Aries today. Here, the moon opposes Mars. Mars is currently in detriment in Libra, having a hard time moving forward. The moon is encouraging us to take charge and take action, while Mars is concerned that not everyone will like the direction we've chosen. We have to weigh these two things very carefully. Without buy-in, we may end up having someone obstruct our path. If we wait too long for other people's opinions, we may miss our chance. Try to strike a balance between the two today. Don't wait too long to act. But don't ignore folks who protest. Your Daily Moon Mantra is: Living is the art of getting used to what we didn't expect. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny.
1: From the pages of Which Way magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive e. Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never-before-seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia, and dating remind us that there is magic to be found in the dark places. Olivier Blake is a New York Times bestselling author of the Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way Anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort, She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince Toddler, and Rescue Pitbull. Find the new anthology series, Grow Your Own Optimist, by Olive Blake, wherever books are sold. All right, so we are back, and today is Friday. And if you know about Friday, it is our encyclopedia game where I pull out one of my copies of Encyclopedias for Occultism and we see what we land on. We do a a random number generator and we see uh, if we can learn something new today, something that none of us knew. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We are starting on page 571 because that's where this volume starts. And we are ending, I always have to try to avoid indexes, we are ending on 990. Okay, 990. Let's see what we get. Okay, so I found a page, but I do want to give a warning, okay? This is giving us information from how they believe um, magical instruments and accessories were used a very, very long time ago. Okay. So I want to preface. I'm not saying this is how it needs to be done now. I'm not saying this is how it should be done now, but I am saying this is how it was recorded from some really old magical texts. Okay. So let's not get defensive. Let's not take it personally. Let's just enjoy this information purely as it is. All right, so this is actually a really good page. There's only, uh, and we got page 808. There's only two entries on here, but both are really fascinating. So I guess we're going to start with magical instruments. I'm already enamored. Fascinating. (laughs) So let's see what it says. In magical rites, these were considered of the utmost importance. Indispensable in the efficacy of the ceremony were the altar, the chalice, the tripod, the censer, the lamp, rod, sword, magic fork, or trident, the sacred fire, and consecration oils, the incense, and the candles. The altar might be of wood or stone, but if of the latter, then of stone, and then never have been worked or hewn and even touched by a hammer. The chalice might be of a different metals, symbolic of the object of the rites. Where the purpose was evil, a black chalice was used, as in the black masses of sorcerers and witches. In some talismans, the chalice was engraved as a symbol of the moon. The tripod and its triangular stand were made of symbolic metals. The censer might be of bronze, but preferably silver. In the construction of the lamp, gold, silver, brass, and iron must be used. Iron for the pedestal, brass for the mirror, silver for the reservoir, and at the apex of golden triangle. Various symbols were traced upon it, including an androgynous figure about the pedestal, a serpent devouring its own tail, and the sign of Solomon. The rod must be specifically fashioned of certain woods and then consecrated to its magical uses. A perfectly straight branch of almond or hazel was to be chosen. This was cut before the tree blossomed and cut with a golden sickle in the early dawn. Throughout its length must be run a long needle of magnetized iron at one end and affixed a triangle a triangular prism to the other. One of the one of black resin and rings of copper zinc bound. At the new moon, it must be consecrated by a magician who already possessed a consecration rod. The secret of consecration and construction of magical rods was jealousy guarded by all magicians, and the rod itself was displayed as little as possible, being usually concealed in a flowing sleeve of a magician's robe. The sword must be wrought of unalloyed steel with copper handle at its form of a crucifix. Mystical signs were engraved on guard and blade, and its consecration took place on a Sunday and full rays of the sun, when the sword was thrust into the sacred fire of cypress and laurel, then moistened with the blood of a snake, polished, and next. Together with branches of vervain, swathed in silk, the sword was generally used in the service of black magic. The magic fork or trident used in necromancy was also fashioned of hazel or almond. Cut from the tree at one blow with an unused knife from whose blade must be fashioned, the three prongs. Witches and sorcerers were usually depicted using the trident in their uh, infernal rites. The fire was lit with charcoal on which were cast branches of trees, symbolic of the end desired. In black magic, these generally consisted of cypress and alder wood. Uh, Let's see. broken crucifixes, and desecrated hosts. The oil for anointing was compounded of myrrh, cinnamon, galling ale, and the purest oil of olive. Mixtures were used by sorcerers and witches who smeared their brows, breasts, and wrists with a mixture of composed fat and blood combined with belladonna and poisonous fungi, thinking thereby to make themselves invisible. Incense must be of any um, odoriferous woods and herbs such as cedar, rose, citron, uh, aloe, cinnamon, sandal reduced to a fine powder together with incense and storax. In black magic, alum sulfur were used as incense. The candles belonging solely to practices of black magic were molded from human fat and set in candlesticks of ebony carved from the form of crescent. Bulls were used in these ceremonies fashioned of different metals. Their shape is symbolic of the heavens. In necromantic rites, skulls of criminals were used generally to hold the blood of some victim or sacrifice. Now, this information was combined from quite a few very fascinating sources. And I'm actually really impressed. This came from Francis Barrett who wrote The Magus, which is a system of occult philosophy from the 1800s. The next one is Transcendental Magic by uh, Levi Elphys, who is very famous occultist from the 1920s. And then Arthur Edward Waite, as in the writer Waite tarot and this is from his book of ceremonial magic from 1911 so very old sources and that is what it is compiling so uh, let's dig in to hear some ancient occult witchery all right witches we are wrapping up this episode of the witch daily show i want to give a shout out to listener karen walker karen you smashing a golden gnome Dancing Crone, you scrumptious, graceful banshee. Elaine Gonzalez, you innocent Arcadian witch. And finally, Nicole Lily, you sparkling, pretty vampire slayer. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card is Tribe from Dark Magic Oracle. It's time to creatively build community in your life and share your efforts with others. Tribe encourages us to look within and be true to ourselves. The person in the center of the group is clothed in black, different from the others. Yet the tribe holds hands in acceptance and support of their unique attributes. The strength of the tribe lies in their respect and celebration of diversity, which unites them unconditionally. So some daily practices. Carry rose quartz and lapis lazuli to attract your tribe and to enhance your relationship with an existing one. Drink chai tea to encourage warmth and closeness. Sigils are symbols of empowered with an intention to represent certain feelings, events, and outcomes. Like modern-day emojis, when you hit send, they go off to do their work and create your intended impression or change. Send empowered emojis within your uh, tribe. Choose a collection of meaningful, perhaps green hearts to wish prosperity and good fortune, or the moon to symbolize group meditation. Make this sending of emojis thoughtful and empowered. All right, witches. Witches. That is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Or next week. Okay. Bye. Witches,
0: we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence.